Welcome to the Deconstructed Woman Podcast, a podcast about breaking down barriers between women, exploring and sharing perspectives of each individual woman's experience, and discovering what we have in common and what makes us different. Hosted by Elisa Marie and Joji. Welcome back to the Deconstructed Woman Podcast. Today, Joji and I wanted to sit down and talk about ways to not necessarily simplify your life totally, but really ways that we have kind of embraced simplifying our lives. And this kind of came out of one of our discussions. We were talking about uh, just a lot of activities that we were doing lately and what that kind of looked like. And I had watched a video. uh, It was on YouTube by... Amber Curtis, who does Solutions for Simplicity, uh, that's her company, and she was talking about the four pillars of, um, you know, simplifying your life, and and really the number one pillar that she started what with was decluttering, and if you know anything about me or kind of heard me throughout um, some of the podcasts, I try to sprinkle it in, but decluttering for me is something that is just really been my focus the last couple of years. I would say probably in the last four years, that is something that I am constantly kind of listening to podcasts, listening to people talk about. Like that's, that's the one thing that I I feel like I can have control over and it brings a lot of simplicity to my life. Uh, But Joji was talking about, she actually is in a different uh, pillar herself. So I'll let her talk about it. But the four pillars that, that we talked about, and, and again, this is coming out of Amber Curtis's um, YouTube video, but it was very interesting because it was talking about how there's the first one, which again is kind of, you know, having less things and decluttering. But the second one was talking about buying less. So you know, really kind of that budgeting can come into there. There's a lot of different facets of that, you know, not uh, shopping to deal with stress. Then the third is doing less and the fourth is caring less. And so I thought all of these kind of had their place. And so we wanted to kind of open up the conversation about which one do we kind of gravitate to and what do we kind of find helps us in our own lives. So Joji, I'm going to hand it over to you just to kind of Um, Give us your perspective, and I'm sure we'll kind of delve a little bit deeper into um, some of the the specifics of these pillars. Yeah, and just to like review it, um, I think left to my own devices, I could probably be like a hoarder maybe or hold on to things. My husband would definitely say that is true. Um, He's a minimalist, so he I've actually benefited from his uh, decluttering constantly, and especially since he's retired, he really uh, does keep the house very simple, which I find that uh, the less cluttered my my surroundings are, the less cluttered my brain is. So that I've definitely seen a correlation between. And then uh, not needing to buy stuff to sort of replace the clutter. I'm not really a shopper. Um, I don't really enjoy shopping. And so that's never really been a problem for me. So I don't feel like that's something. Doing less has always been a challenge. I think especially when you're younger and you have younger kids, I think you're very, very active. And it just seems like your calendar gets really, really full. And then if you're working outside the home, uh, then, um, or if you're not, I guess, if you've got lots of activities with your kids either way, that your calendar is just really, really, I think, um, 
you know, brimming uh, to the fullest. Uh, but the fourth one, caring less, I think is something that comes with age. And I will say that as much as I feel like I'm really actively working on that, Pillar 4 was the one that really spoke to me. Because even in your post on our Facebook page, you talked about the decluttering and how um, that made you feel and how refreshing that was for you, um, Alyssa. And I think that um, some other folks also chimed in and really said that decluttering, more people than I was, I was surprised. I think there were two other members who said, yes, decluttering is so important, makes me feel, you know, freer and like just re-energized and things like that. So um, that definitely was a hot topic. Um, and for me, I said I was going to recharge by like doing nothing this weekend because I was so busy at work and it was a very emotional week at work. And then immediately, like I was feeling guilty that I couldn't help other people uh, do certain things with the volunteering. And I was like trying to talk myself into volunteering, though I didn't want to because I was pretty emotionally and mentally exhausted. And then it was your post. And the commitment I made to our Facebook group um, at the Deconstructed Woman that actually got me not to cave and to do something. And that was before I heard about the four pillars. And so it really forced me to look at, like, I made this commitment to this group. I'm going to recharge this weekend. And even though I feel guilty about it, I don't, I need to take care of me. And when I heard um, Amber's conversation and the pillar and the example she used, I could so identify with the fact that I slide back into that place of caring and what is it going to look like and what are people going to think if I don't jump in. I should be a role. This is a conversation I had with my husband. I should be a role model. I should be leading and showing people. And he's like, but do you always have to do that? Like, when do you get to take a break? Right. And so it was really, I have to say, the commitment that we made um, on that post that really helped me stay true to where I needed to be. And I do think, and it makes me remember how important these conversations are that we have, Alyssa, because if it wasn't for that simple post and my response, I would have overscheduled myself because of guilt, not because I wanted to be there, but strictly because of guilt. And I think that that's probably a pretty common thing. And, and you know, I, I, again, because I'm so much engrossed in like decluttering, I, I know that people talk about, you know, decluttering is not just your things. It's also your, and you had mentioned like your calendar and your mind and, and giving yourself that space. And I think that that's something that we tend to forget about. Um, you know, like some people are like, I don't have that much stuff. My house is clear, but if you're going, you know, rapid fire every single day activities and there's no kind of downtime, I think that that takes its toll too. So I, I appreciate your commitment and your dedication to what you said. Um, and, and I hope, you know, I mean, it sounds like it was helpful to you. And I think that a lot of times we do that. And, and so when we're talking about simplifying our lives, we're talking about how do we kind of make it our own? Like I hear so often people saying like, what is your ideal schedule? What is your ideal, you know, week look like and things like that. And it's a great question. I honestly haven't sat down. <laughs> I've been so busy this week. I haven't sat down to identify what my ideal week would look like. Um, but I, I think that that's, you know, these are good questions that we ask ourselves. And so I'm also not a big buyer. So <laughs> we, we need some of our like people who do retail therapy uh, out there to kind of chime in as 
to, you know, you know, how they kind of combat that at times. Um, and, and I think that, you know, there's a lot of the different areas where we can simplify our lives. And there's a lot of things that it also depends on your phase of life. And, you know, I'm in a phase of life where it's pretty hectic and I've kind of embraced that. And I, that part is okay with me because I know that there's going to come a time when things are going to slow down and it's not going to be like this. And so I'm, I've made peace with it, but I think that every phase of life kind of has its own challenges and its own things that make life more complicated. You know, the one thing I was thinking about when you were talking is that when I was in my 20s, I really wanted to be really busy. And I think that um, it wasn't until my I met my husband that he was, he's such a quiet guy and he's more of an introvert than I am. And um, I loved having music on. I always listened to music in the car. Like I realized, or he pointed out to me, that I really never had any moments of quiet. Like it was almost like I had to be surrounded with noise or music or something to preoccupy my mind. And it wasn't until he pointed that out to me that I really noticed how much of my time was spent with conversation or music or distraction. And I really almost avoided silence. And so it has taken me probably 20 years to get comfortable with silence where now I can be lost in my own thoughts. And I think that that also is clutter. Um, and that's the way that I started to think about it because I didn't want to be alone with my thoughts. And I don't know what I thought was going to happen, but I, I tried to keep that noise going almost like a white noise. And, um, I haven't thought about that in a long time because it's been quite a few years since I was able not to have something playing um, in the background. But um, is that anything that you can relate to? Do you like, to, I mean, now you and I both listen to a lot of podcasts because we're always looking for new content and we are trying to maximize our time. But I'm not thinking about that as much as just sort of nonsense, because I think a lot of times when you, the podcast you talk about, the podcast I talk, I, I listen to, I'm trying to grow and change and improve myself. So I'm still sort of working and I know you're working too, um, whether it's personal goals or whatever. But outside of that, did you do you see a difference between when you were younger and as you get older? Um or uh, in terms of being surrounded by noise and wanting to fill in the silence? Well, I think that I have a very similar situation or kind of similar mentality, but it's, I think it's for a slightly different reason. So for me, uh, it's like my commute to and from work. I do not like to sit in silence in the car. And part of that is because I feel like there's so much I could be doing. I could be listening to the book for book club. I could be, um, you know, doing a couple of different things. Uh, so for me, it's constantly this battle of like, what I could be listening to one of the podcasts that I have on my list of things I want to listen to, or listening to this video, YouTube. Like I'm, I, I feel the compelled to listen to something for that you know, 15 to 20 minute commute, which is not very long in the scheme of things. Um, and so like, if I don't set it up before I get out of the driveway, I mean, I'm not going to do it while I'm driving. 
And so there, there'll be times where I'm just like sitting there and I'm, it's, it's so quiet. And I'm like, Oh, I could have been listening to this book. I could have been doing this. I could have been doing that. And, and feeling as if like, I've missed the opportunity because when I come home, I'm focused on my kids. I'm focused on, you know, cleaning up or whatever, or we're running off to an activity. And so like, that's my time. And so that time, because it's so limited, I feel like I have to do something with it versus just sitting and like enjoying the silence. That's, it's not comfortable for me either. Yeah. Well, what I'm hearing you say is, is that you want to like be productive in any time you can. You really want to squeeze out that productivity, whether it's listening to the book or listening to a podcast you want to, which, you know, I I mean, I don't know. I I completely understand it because I do, if I have to, you know, call my pharmacy or be on hold, I usually try to get those done like on my commute as well. Um, Even though my commute is probably eight minutes, but I try to at least get the ball rolling on that because uh, once the day starts, I'm not going to be able to get to it. And so if there's things I have to check off my list, I'm either doing that on the way to work or away from you know, on the way home. So it's like, we do try to maximize our time. Do you think that that is um, part of pillar three and doing less? I mean, do you think that wanting to be that productive does complicate our lives and maybe not give us some breathing space? Or do you think it's just the way life is anymore? And you just try to squeeze every value, you know, you try to squeeze every moment of value that you can, whether you are commuting or you know, you're on a lunch break and trying to run some errands. I know a lot of my staff will run errands during lunch because that'll save them a trip after work or something like that. So I don't know if it's productive or it's overkill. It's hard to say. Yeah, I mean, I would agree. I, I it's, a, <laughs> it's a great question. I don't know the answer because I done, I genuinely am like, you know, what, what would I do? And I guess I'm such a like, I feel like productivity is like at the top of my list of things. So if I'm not doing those things and I'm just sitting with my thoughts for 15, 20 minutes a day, what benefits are there? I'm sure there's some, I mean, some people, you know, uh, pray, some people meditate, like people talk about having that, that silent time or like kind of like giving your brain a break. I don't know. I don't know what that would be like. Um, I, I mean, I view it differently from like the doing less because I'm I'm not really, I have to drive home. So I'm not doing anything different. Um, I'm just kind of filling that void of time. Um, but I'm very conscientious of my calendar. And so to me, I don't feel overwhelmed because I definitely move things around to ensure that I'm feeling like if I'm feeling tired or fatigued, or I'm really noticing that I'm just struggling to get through the day, that's when I look at my calendar and say, okay, what can we kind of move around to give me some downtime? Like that's when I notice my body will be telling me we need some kind of downtime. Um, so that's when I'll fit it into my schedule. Uh, but outside of that, I mean, it, I really look forward to listening to my book or, you know, listening to a podcast or something that I'm interested in. Yeah. And I do that also like when I'm cleaning up the house at the end of the evening too. So I probably get in about an hour of, you know, reading slash listening to things per day. Uh, But I consider that my self care. So I I think that that to me is a little bit different than like cluttering things or doing less, if you will, um, because it is joy 
helpful for me and it does bring me joy. And it's something that I, I want to do. Um, but I think that there were times where I would use my commute to talk to people. And that's something that I kind of stopped doing because, you know, the conversations would either stress me out or it'd be a lot of like, I don't know, just kind of delving into different things that I was like, Oh, I really didn't want to burn, like take this on right now. Um, so I have started to call people like when I get home and once things have settled at home, I'll give them a call, uh, or I might call them on my commute, but it's not a daily thing because that to me was not joyful. That was stressful at times. So I kind of balance it that way. I agree with you. I have found that even if I am talking to somebody I'm really enjoying talking to, I know that I get excitable, whether that's excitable in a good way or in an upset way. And then it does exhaust me. And then I'm just getting to work or, you know, uh, I have a full evening and now I am almost hyper or tired. And now I have to go in and be committed to, you know, do something for two, three hours. And so I do, I've made the same conclusion that uh, talking on the phone during my commute is probably not the best thing for me, especially if I have to go out and expend energy, you know, whether it's before I get to work or if I'm going to an event that I really need to sort of center myself, whether in whatever that looks like, whether it is listening to a book or listening to a podcast, it's it's not going to rile me up and exert energy that I probably don't have to share at that moment. But I think that's interesting that phone calls do that. And I'm not sure what, what that's about. Um, but it's probably because we have a very limited amount of time. And so you really can't have I don't know. It's like you, it's like Pandora's box gets open and you can't shut it. And then now you got to get off the phone because you got to go to work. Whereas like managing your time, doing a podcast or a book or listening to a chapter is very contained and it's not going to get out of control. Um, so that's, that's, a, it's, a, <laughs> this, this conversation has taken it a strange direction, but I do see how we got there. But, um, I do agree that phone calls are really, can be stressful, especially before work or on the commute back to home or whatever. The other thing I wanted to tell you and to share with the listeners is that I actually got a Fitbit as part of um, a genome study that I'm involved in with, um, it's called All of Us, and it is an NIH, like DNA genome population health management kind of a thing through Northwestern Medicine. And I don't know, I was randomly selected to get a Fitbit. And so the way that this connects to this conversation, and there is a connection, is that one of the things I've never been interested on before, but now all of a sudden I'm watching, is like my sleep and like how much good sleep I get. Um, and it's always been something people talk about with the Fitbit. I've never really been interested in the Fitbit. And if it was just for my own purposes, I don't think I would do it because I'm really annoyed with the fact that I have Fitbit on one hand and I have my watch on my other hand. And just the aesthetics of that is not pleasing to me. But I can't figure out how to do it um, any other way. And so, but what um, what I found interesting is, is I really look deeply at my sleep study. Like how much time did I get into deep sleep? How much did I get into like REM and dream state? Um, because all of that is supposed to be tied to sort of your brain cleaning and filtering out things and going back to simplicity and how important sleep is. And so I have been pushing my bedtime later and later, I've noticed. 
And so now I'm sort of refocusing on that because I could very easily get distracted doing unnecessary things like watching another half an hour of TV or, you know, maybe reading a book or just distracted in some way, um, whether it's even picking up the house or something. And then all of a sudden I find out it's like 11 o'clock and I haven't gone to bed yet. And then I have to get up and go to work. And so in terms of like structure and setting up a schedule, um, I have found that this little Fitbit device has gotten me really focused on sleep. And I have started to value my sleep because I do think it's like recharging your battery. And I do think there's a correlation between getting up refreshed if you've had enough sleep. And so that's sort of my new goal. And I don't know if it's about simplifying our life, but it's definitely about keeping our priorities straight for the day for me and knowing that I do best when I am probably like winding down and like changing and starting to go to bed by 10, 10, 15, not to see if I can push it to 11 o'clock. And so uh, I'm curious what, I mean, of course you have three children and I don't know how much sleep you get, um, but what, how, where do you, where does sleep fit into this? Is there anything to simplify for you for sleep or is that something just because I'm getting older? Um, how does sleep play into your simplicity of your life? Well, I think that sleep hygiene and like sleep are such vital ways that we reboot. And so I, I was over here nodding my head the whole time. So I'm like, yeah, that's, you know, that's a, it's funny because I actually had the opposite <laughs> as much as I, you know, I get actually quite a bit of sleep right now uh, because my youngest is almost two uh, and she sleeps through the night. So I actually, the other day I got up and I, I had set it so that I would get eight hours of sleep and I woke up so lethargic the next day and was like, what, what is wrong with me? I got eight hours of sleep. Now I never get eight hours of sleep. And so then I thought, man, maybe that's too much for me. So I think it's also about finding like that perfect balance. So like last night I set it for seven and a half hours and that was the perfect amount of time. When my alarm went off, I got up, I was ready to go. I felt, um, like reju rejuvenated and reju energized. And I was like, okay, I can start my day. So I think that, you know, it's also about finding what works for each of us. And so I think that's part of it, but I think that sleep's really important. And I, I do think that it links back to simplicity because it's about not overcomplicating your life and realizing where are the areas where your life is complicated or where are the areas that feel tense or where is it that that is burdensome. So again, some people feel that in their homes, you know, my house is cluttered and it feels like things are, you know, maybe metaphorically or actually physically falling in on you. And so, you know, decluttering kind of helps with that in, in, in the physical form. But I think then also looking at, you know, am I doing too much? Is my life too complicated that, you know, I never have that downtime. And so I think it links back to everything that we talked about because you really need to find where are the stress points and then be able to take that and say, okay, what can I do about that? Now, next steps, I mean, again, there's so many podcasts and people who really hone in on very specific areas of that. And 
Uh, you know, again, we'll post this in our Facebook group. If you're not a part of it, the Deconstructed Woman podcast Facebook group is a great place to kind of open up these discussions because we've always said this podcast is about us opening up discussions. But I, you know, I can link probably over 20 speakers that really focus on those different aspects. So by no means are we trying to kind of cover all of that ground. But the idea is that where is the tense or the pressure points or the challenges that are making your life complex? And where can you make changes to make it more simple? And I think that this is a good jumping off point. Um, And again, you know, both Joji and I have talked about, like, for me, it's getting rid of stuff, because that opens up I mean, it just creates a lot easier for me to clean my house, to keep it contained. And with three kids right now, uh, it can get easily out of control. And so really kind of reining that in. And that brings me joy. Uh, But for other people, it might not be their home. It it might be their schedule or, um, you know, the the last one, which we didn't talk as much about is caring less um, and really what that looks like. And so I think that all of these things kind of play into that and and can be a great influence on you. I agree. I agree. And I think that um, the speaker on the YouTube video did say that the fourth pillar is the one that I think least people, the least amount of people spend time talking about. But yet I do think it is the weightiest of the four because I think you know, it is it is a very difficult thing to do because there's social expectations and there's things like that. And so we didn't get a lot into it, but um, maybe that'll be a good conversation for another day. Um, but uh, I'm I feel like we've also, you know, given hopefully motivated people to look at aspects of their life and to really focus on simplicity and the beauty of simplicity, however that fits for each individual. And hopefully our listeners will give us some feedback about how they um, hope to simplify their life as a result of this conversation. And so uh, if you're okay, Alyssa, I'm going to go ahead and sign off and say thank you to our listeners for joining us today. Um, We love the conversations we're having, and we love the fact that our listeners are reaching out and sharing information, which just gives us more to talk about in these conversations. And so... um, Please join us on the Facebook page that Alyssa mentioned, um, and we would love to hear from you and also any thoughts you have for future topics because we're getting some great input and we're really benefiting, and hopefully you're benefiting as well. So um, thank you again. This is Joji and Alyssa Marie, and we'll talk to you next time. Thank you for listening to our podcast, The Deconstructed Woman. If you like this podcast, please share it with your friends, rate this episode, or subscribe to be notified of all new content. We want to hear from you, our listener. Do you have thoughts on the discussions we're having? Want to share topic suggestions? Or want to join us for a topic that you're passionate about? Contact us at our email address, thedeconstructedwoman at gmail.com.